Today is a massive day in the DMV as Dan Snyder gets ready to sell the Commanders, but you may remember something. Weren't the Nationals supposed to be selling? Well, that could be coming anytime soon. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11 as well as you can see everything Nationals related there. And as I said in this cold intro, today is a huge day. Dan Snyder will officially be selling the Washington Commanders. We're going to talk about that, but we're going to discuss in Nationals form. Because you may remember, over the last year, a lot of people thought that this Nationals team would have been sold by now. But before we get into that, later on in today's show, it is a Thursday. We are almost a week away, or or really a little over a week away. We're about 10 days away from the trade deadline. Who's up and who's down? I'm going to get you your national stock report for this year's trade deadline. You won't want to miss that in today's second segment. But as I said, let's start off right here, right now, in the moment. Dan Snyder is officially selling the Washington Commanders today. So now, let's take our eyeballs off Dan Snyder. And now, the eyeballs are on you, Mr. Lerner, and as well as Ted Leonsis. Let's take it back about a year and a half ago when the Lerner family did announce that they will be exploring sale possibilities literally just over a year ago back in that April month of 2022. It came to a surprise of a lot of people. A lot of people came down and were like, well, this is much needed. This is a much needed change for the Washington Nationals moving forward. And the reason why that is, think about all the superstars that we have had and where are they now? Well, at that moment last year, we had Juan Soto. Did we have Trey Turner? Did we have Max Scherzer? Did we have Bryce Harper? All those superstars, Anthony Rendon, all those superstars were gone, minus Juan Soto at that moment in time. So the whole thing about the Lerner family has always been that they don't spend money. They don't spend money. They do not spend their money, and when they do spend their money, it's not in the wisest way as they gave out a lucrative contract to Steven Strasburg. You know, how has that worked out? Just swimmingly. Am I right? You're right. You are uh, pretty right, I would say. Over the last few years, the Lerner family have not spent their money. But let's take it back a little bit further because they have owned this team for quite a while now. And if you weren't aware, The Lerner family, they're not the most popular people in Washington, D.C., but you have to say this. When you say that they don't spend money, let's really look back at this because these are opening day payrolls that I have right in front of me. In 2014, the Washington Nationals sat at ninth in Major League Baseball. 2015, the Nationals sat at sixth in Major League Baseball. Go back to 2016, the Nationals sat again in sixth as far as MLB payrolls go. Go to 2017, they were ninth 
in opening day payrolls there. 2018, they were number five. And in 2019, they were number seven. In 2020, they fell to number 12. And in 2021, they were at number nine. And in 2022, last year, they were below league average at 19. The learners have spent over the years, whether you like to admit it or not. And we all see that fall off in the spending. 2021, and really even then, they had a top 10 payroll. So it was going into 2022, last season, when all you had to build around was Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Juan Soto and Josh Bell and Josiah Gray and Kibet Ruiz. That was the only thing that you could have ever possibly be excited about for this Nationals team. Now, let me ask you this. When you are investing into a stock, you are investing into a stock, let's say you want to invest in, name that company, whatever it may be. Let's say you're a type, you want to invest in a typewriter company, a typewriter, really. In today's age, you're going to invest in a typewriter when we have this amazing thing called computers nowadays computer, something that does quicker. You can type quicker. You can Google things. You can do whatever you want on a computer, literally everything, anything. Why would the learner family invest into this nationals team? If you were to invest a huge payroll of someone like a Garrett Cole, for example, or a Justin Verlander, or you bring back Max Scherzer, where would that have gotten this team? Because I remember 2021, again, we had a top 10 payroll. How did that do? You have Kyle Schwarber. You have Juan Soto. You got Trey Turner, Scherzer, Strasburg. At that point, some people thought he could come back. Who would have thought that we'd still be here today? A lot of people were considering the fact that they haven't spent their money because X X player walked out the building, and you're right. They should not have let all those people walk away, even though if you look at their numbers, none of them have been that good. So I think a lot of people, when they say, We want the Lerner family to sell. We need new ownership. Not so fast. Just because this team has been poor over these last few years doesn't really mean that this family hasn't spent their money. Because that kind of wisdom, in my opinion, has always been a little premature in my mind. I wouldn't have invested in this Nationals team going into last year as well, into 2022. That was a bad team. It doesn't matter which way you look at it. If you were to invest in someone like a Max Scherzer, ask the New York Mets how that's going right now. You look at Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, two of the highest paid players in baseball. Shohei Otani is going to be the highest paid player in Major League history. Where has that gotten them? Because I think a lot of people just misunderstand the fact that if you spend, you will win. The Yankees do it. The St. Louis Cardinals do it. The Dodgers do it. The Padres have done it. Hmm. None of those teams right now have had really any recent success. The Cardinals stink. The Padres are underperforming. The Mets are underperforming. And the the Yankees, the other New York team, they can't seem to get it right. They can't stay healthy. It's not all about spending this money. It really isn't. So I think when people turn the conversation into, we need Ted Leonsis and we need him now. He owns two teams in town. While he's not a terrible owner by any means in the imagination, he is willing to spend that money, especially on keeping his star players in town as he's done with Bradley Beal, 
John Wall, Alex Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom, all these different guys. So all the Nationals fans out there who clamor for, we want Ted Leonsis, we want a new owner. I'm not really on that wave just yet. I'm not rushing the Lerner family out of town. Now, get this. If they go into this offseason, and if your big splash is yet again a Trevor Williams and a J. Merrick Candelario type, we'll have an issue. Now I'll get on board. Because I think as of right now, as we sit here today, I think this offseason is where you could get that Jason Worth signing. Is where you could say, hey, we are real. We are here. We want to spend money. Here's our plan. We have Brady House coming up soon. James Wood should be on the opening day lineup. Dylan Cruz will be in the majors anytime this summer. This is the offseason where they have to spend. Now, if they don't do that, I'm on board with you. We have an issue. We need new ownership. Because I do ultimately think that the Lerner family will sell eventually. But I think the people who just run them out of town, I think people need to slow down on that part. Because they really haven't been that bad. Some people may think, well, they got to upgrade Nationals Park. They don't own Nationals Park. The city of D.C., Washington, D.C., they own the park. The Lerner, can't fork, the Lerner family can't fork over a check to fix that. That's not their property. It's the city's property. You may say they don't spend money. Who else would send and spend money on a bad team? And some people would say, we'll spend it to make the team better. That's not how it is. People always point at the Dodgers and the Cardinals and the Yankees. But you're missing a one big point. All three of those teams consistently build through the draft as well in the international signing period. Those teams have a process and they stick with it. Unfortunately, the Nationals just simply aren't those organizations. There's only a handful of those in baseball that can really contend year after year. It's the Dodgers, it's the Yankees, and it's the Cardinals. The Cardinals have the Cardinal way. They don't spend all the money in the world, but they somehow, some way, find a way to be competitive outside of this season as we've seen them get a little bit older. And the pitching has been atrocious. So I think people need to slow down when you try to chase away the Lerner family. Because I'm not going to sit here and say they've been amazing owners. They haven't been. They also haven't been terrible owners like a lot of people think. I think they've just been average MLB owners. You don't have to hear about the BS. You don't hear about culture issues with them. And trust me, with Dan Snyder going out of town, check the Washington Post. I guarantee you there will be a Dan Snyder story every single day over the last year, over the last two to three years even. We ain't the commanders. We are the Washington Nationals. We have won a World Series. We've made a ton of postseasons over the last decade. We have a GM and a president in place who are both very good at their jobs. Let's let them do their thing. Now, while you can knock that, Mike Rizzo, over the years drafting, it hasn't been good. But sometimes you're going to swing and miss. And also, when you're in contention for that long, for that decade-long window that we were, You're going to sell off some pieces, which the Nationals just did, like, all the time, by the way. All the time. So let's not run the Lerner family out of town just yet. 
Ted Leonsis, I'm sure he'll be a fine owner as well. I think he's average, just like the Leonsis or just like the Lerner family. But let's slow down on really pushing the Lerner family out of town. I don't think they have been as bad as everyone thinks. You can let me know over on Twitter at RyanClary11. You can also comment on the YouTube page. Let me know what you think because I think that's an interesting conversation that we will certainly, and it something will be happening over the next few weeks maybe or the next few months. I have no, no sources, but the way that this timeline has fallen, I'm assuming we'll get an update on whether something will be happening or not. Will they be selling? Will they not be selling? Who really knows up to this point? But I will have you covered here on Locked On Nationals. Before we get into this trade deadline stock report for your Nationals, we got about five guys, in my opinion, who could be getting shipped off. And there is a new name up there. And some people may not be happy who that name is. I'll tell you about who that name is and the rest of the four players. But before we do that, let me tell you guys about our dear friends over at eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers only, eligible items only, exclusions do apply. Now let's get back into it as it is a Thursday, and for next Thursday as well, this will be a Nationals trade deadline stock report. So we're going to start off, as I said, there was one name that has been added to this list. Some people may not like it. Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas, you have made the Nationals deadline trade stock report, whatever you want to name this segment. Lane Thomas, your stock is up right now. And I think as Mike Grizzo was on with, uh, he spoke to the DC media just a few days ago at this moment that, and he said the Nationals are open for business. And he was asked specifically about Lane Thomas. I can really just say this. It sounds like they're going to be fielding calls on Lane. And they should. This is what the Nationals do. This is what they need to do. For example, last year with Juan Soto, you have to take calls on Juan Soto. You just have to because of what you were able, what you were able to get back is a little bit bigger than what could be happening in the, over the next two and a half seasons at that moment in 2022. If you could get a decent prospect for Lane Thomas, if you can get someone, whether it be a future closer, whether it be a future starter or a future outfielder. Because let me remind you this as I do weekly. Lane Thomas was traded away for John Lester. Mike Rizzo knows what he's doing at this trade deadline. Besides drafting in the top three, I trust Mike Rizzo when it comes to making trades. He has proven time and time again that this guy knows how to work the deadline. He gets deals and he gets great ones as well. If you were to trade Lane Thomas, Mike Rizzo has my grace. He can do that trade because of his track record, of what he has shown me over the years. This guy has proven to me. He knows what he's doing. 
He knows what it takes to really move off someone like Elaine Thomas. And by the way, if you were to really look in the analytical numbers of him, his expected batting averages and stuff would really indicate that he's been a little bit lucky this year. I love Lane Thomas. I love it. Even if his numbers aren't as inflated as they are right now. I love the prospect of Lane Thomas, the fourth outfielder type. He is your prototypical fourth outfielder, at least until this year when he's taking that step up. Now you look at it, you could be getting something back in return for the future because we have loaded prospects in this system for the outfield. If Mike Rizzo were to take Lane Thomas off this list, what would it mean for this Nationals team? Seriously, what would it mean? Because in my opinion, he's got to be on this. He has to be. The Nationals are still looking towards the future. This isn't a win right now mode. You have to look towards the future. And really, will you be signing Lane Thomas again in two and a half years? Because if you are, good, I guess. But even then, you have all these assets now with Dylan Cruz, uh, James Wood, Robert Hassel, Elijah Green, Jeremy De La Rosa, Daylon Lyle. You have a ton of prospects in the outfield as far as this system goes. So if you were to move off Lane Thomas, that's perfectly fine. And his stock is through the roof right now. If you were to trade him this last offseason, you'd be getting a bucket of baseballs probably. Not anymore. You can get something real and legit, something that could help you for seven plus years down the road. So it's something to keep an eye on as he continues to raise his stock because Lane Thomas is a good baseball player. Stock down, reliever, Hunter Harvey. Hunter Harvey, and at this moment in time, I don't think he's going to be traded. I don't think Hunter Harvey will be traded because of this IL stint. And I think Mike Rizzo is going to look at it from this angle. His stock at this moment in time is down. That's why he got the down on this stock report. The reason why that is, he's got a long list of injury history. And now he's injured yet again. So you're going into this trade deadline with teams unsure about his health because, by the way, it's a forearm injury. And while x-rays are all right, he should be fine in just a few weeks. Still a little concerning for someone who has had arm injuries in the past. Teams are going to look at that, and it's going to dock him down just a little bit as far as what you could get back in return. If you were to get this guy healthy and then make the decision to move off him at next year's deadline or even in the offseason, if he comes back healthy, improves his worth, I think the Nationals would be able to get just a little bit more out of him at that moment in time. So I think the Nationals, and the smart way to do it, were to be to hold on to Hunter Harvey, hold on to him, hope to God that he stays healthy over the next year, and move him at next year's deadline. And even then, hopefully he takes over the closing role. If he does take over the closing role, then that's even more value that you get in return. Because I think Hunter Harvey does have the stuff for it. And I've heard people, I know a listener of this said show, actually DM me a few months ago and was like, I don't think he's got the mentality to be a closer. I don't disagree with that completely. I don't agree with it, absolutely. But I also don't disagree with it at this moment in time. So Hunter Harvey, he will have his stock raised if he is healthy. And if the Nationals hold on to him, they could just be getting a little bit more out of him. Stock down, Carl Edwards Jr. as well. 
Carl Edwards Jr., again, let me say it again. He should have been traded at last year's deadline. I still don't know why he wasn't. So far this season, he hasn't been bad, but he also hasn't been amazing. He's been average. Your average bullpen arm. And when you're going into this, really this deadline, any team out there that is in the postseason hunt will be looking for pitchers who have closed out a World Series, who have pitched in the postseason, and also who has pitched relatively consistently so far over the last two years with the Nationals. Now, while it hasn't always been butterflies and rainbows and unicorns and all that with Carl Edwards Jr., it hasn't been bad. He's going to get something. We're going to fetch at least a prospect out of him in return. Is it going to be some crazy big-time prospect? Absolutely not. No chance. But still, he's going to be someone who, again, he's going to have some sort of market for him out there. But it's not going to be that much, especially when you're on the injured list. So, Carl Edwards Jr., stock down. He's injured right now. He's getting a little older as well. And he's just okay as a pitcher. I'll give you the rest of the three, or the two, rather, I have. But before we do that, we'll stop a moment and take a break. I'll be right back. Now let's get back into it as we have two more players to get to. Let's get to a stock up for Kyle Finnegan. Kyle Finnegan, this has kind of been my guy. I'm going to be honest. I really like Kyle Finnegan. I like the arm. I've always liked it. And again, going back to Mike Rizzo, this was someone that the Nationals signed after 2019 from the Oakland Athletics. Someone who hasn't even pitched in the major leagues at that moment in time. Mike Rizzo signed into a major league deal. And whether you like it or not, Kyle Finnegan has been an above average bullpen piece for the Nationals over the last few years. In fact, he's probably been our most steady bullpen arm since Daniel Hudson. Now, while that's not some ringing endorsement, Daniel Hudson was incredible out of this bullpen for the Nationals. And the bullpen since then, since 2021, since 2020 and 2019, it's been a disaster for the most part. Besides the second half of last season where you had some moments of brilliance from the bullpen like Kyle Finnegan pitching well. But the reason why I say that Kyle Finnegan has a stock up, there's a track record now with him. This guy has proven to be a reliable piece. He could close games. He could be someone to be your setup guy. He could just come in and eat some innings. Kyle Finnegan has that flexibility in him. And also, his stuff is just good. I really do think that. And I always mention these teams. But if he were to land with a team like the Tampa Bay Rays or the Los Angeles Dodgers or even the, God forbid, Atlanta Braves, I'm willing to bet. Kyle Finnegan will turn into a very good bullpen piece that all of a sudden Major League Baseball will recognize him and they will actually pay attention to what he does because he's not bad. I think that has always been a big misunderstatment when people just say, oh yeah, he's not very good. He might not be the most consistent thing, but also let's look at ourselves in the mirror. We haven't been that consistent developing pitching. So when it comes to Kyle Finnegan, let's just really kind of take a step back here. There's going to be a market for him. Teams are going to be calling about Finnegan, someone who's pitching the majors consistently, really staying healthy throughout the last four years as well. There's going to be a market for him. 
people are going to be calling. They're going to want someone who has experience closing games, who has experience in the setup role, and has ultimately worked his way up into this Nationals bullpen and putting himself in this position where good teams will want to call for Kyle Finnegan. So it's a stock up for Kyle Finnegan and really what he has done since joining the Nationals in 2020. And now, one last one, a stock up, Jamer Candelario. Again, hand up, someone I was so wrong about going forward with this team. When we signed him, I was I wanted to rip my hair out. I wanted to scream. I wanted to cry because I was like, what are we doing? You have Jake Alou. You have Carter Keeboom. You have prospects that you could put there at third base. And we're rolling with this veteran who was just DFA'd by the Detroit bleeping Tigers. How wrong was I? This guy has played an incredible defensive third base. He has hit for average. He's hit for power. He's getting on base. And he's a switch hitter. This guy's got value for not just opposing teams, for any team out there. Any team out there who needs a third baseman, let's ring a phone. Let's ring our phones. Los Angeles Angels, our old friend Anthony Rendon, is not working out too well for you down there. They need a third baseman. The New York Yankees come to mind. The Arizona Diamondbacks. And oh, all those teams, by the way, they got prospects. J. Mary Candelario, he's going to get something back. It's not going to be a top 100 guy, but I think it's certainly going to be a top 10 prospect of one of those organizations. And in fact, I could really see the New York Yankees going after J. Mary Candelario. I just look at this guy and he screams to be a New York Yankee. He screams it. I just see it. I've heard nothing about that. But when they look at J. Mary Candelario, he's always going to have that advantage of being a switch hitter. And if you were to put him at that really very hitter-friendly park in Yankee Stadium, what kind of damage could J. Mary Candelario do? That is where I see him going, and ultimately I could see him doing really well there. Because Josh Donaldson, he ain't cutting it. And also he's hurt again, which is not funny, but he's hurt. They need help over at third base, as do a lot of teams. Because Jamer Candelario has played a very valuable third base over there, and not just defensively, it's been on the offensive side as well. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. And again, If you are asking, why is this show out so early? I work at a local radio station, 106.7 The Fan. And we have, let's just say, I'm working from about 7 a.m. today until about 9 p.m. at night. I have a long day, unfortunately. So that is why I had to record this the night before. But that doesn't mean we had nothing to talk about. We got to tie in the Nationals ownership situation as well as a Thursday with a Nationals trade stock report so thank you guys for making us your first listen every day part of the locked on podcast network where you get your team every day i'll catch you guys on this friday we'll discuss the series coming up as the nationals wrapped up against the chicago cubs last night so you know what that means cj abrams bobblehead is coming right up we'll discuss it all on tomorrow's locked on nationals go nats